You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good day to you. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's good to be with you today as we talk about the reliability of God. The reliability of God. Today, on Words of Encouragement. This morning I was thinking... Actually, earlier I was thinking about this morning, and I was thinking about the reliability of God. And I thought that that's something we need to be reminded of during these times. Uh, I know we focused on trusting in the Lord and plugging along and uh, marching forward. Uh, And I just, I thought, you know what, during all that we've been going through, with the race issue, where it is, the virus, where it is, the murder hornets, I don't know where they went, thank goodness, Uh, the hurricanes, with all that's been going on, and you don't have to raise your hand or feel guilty, but have you ever allowed your mind to wander and think that, has God forgotten we're here? (laughs) I mean, has God forgotten that we're here? I'll be honest. I have wondered when all of this will end. I've been trying to figure out if he's trying to teach us the century old, the centuries-old lesson of leaning on him that he's trying, been trying to teach mankind from the very beginning. You know, at some point, you think we ought to learn that lesson. You think at some point we ought to be able to just lean on Him when something happens and not panic, but we always seem to find uh, somewhere to panic in all of it. During these past months, the only constant that we can count on is that things have changed. They just keep changing. The issue is, what, what, what is needed here is a rock for you and I. We need some stability. We need something we can hold on to. We need an anchor. We need something we can trust. You and I need something or someone that does not change. In Isaiah chapter 40, we find this passage of Scripture that we're going to look at this morning. I want to ask you if you are able and willing to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 and 28. The Bible says, Why do you say, O Jacob... And assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. Do you not know, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. May God bless the reading of His word. You may be seated this morning. The people of God here, have lost some hope. In verse 27 it says, Why do you say, you know, there's a question, Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, why my way is hidden from the Lord? Why are you saying this? Why are you saying that my way is hidden from the Lord? And the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. Isaiah is looking forward in time when the people are going to be in exile. And he sees this cry coming from the people of God. And he asks, how can they even imply that what they are going through is hidden from God? 
How can they even imply that he doesn't know their suffering? That he has no idea what's going on? Obviously, that applies to us today. How could we ever even think that God doesn't know what we're going through? How could we even think that what we are going through in our own lives is hidden from God himself? How could we think that? And these people, God's chosen people, they're his children. He, he is their father. He is all-knowing. How could they ever think that he had no clue as to the exile that they were going to be enduring? Uh, I mean, how would they ever think during the 70 years of exile that God would forget what was happening with them? Now, that was supposed to be funny. I laughed in my office when I looked at it. I thought, my goodness, they were in exile 70 years and they thought that maybe their plight, their way of living, the, point, the fact that they were in exile had been hidden from God. Now, do you think that that could happen to you as well? And it may have already happened to you, and we've only gone six months with this virus dealing with all this mess. And we may have already gotten to a point where we've thought, well, now, my goodness, does God even remember we're here? And this people, these people, the people of God endured exile for 70 years. How in the world could they think that God just didn't, you know, had forgotten them? How, 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 how would they think that? That's a long time, 70 years. So you get where they're coming from. They're thinking, well, my goodness, God is just, has he, he's just not, is he not involved anymore in what's going on in our lives? I could see how they could think that. But there always seems to be a few who hold out. There always seems to be a few who hold on and know that God is constant. God is there. He knows what they're going through. There's always a few that are still holding on to that. Praise the Lord for them. Well, let's time travel to today and all this mess that we've been experiencing. Have you allowed that thought to cross your mind that maybe God is just so busy that He's just kind of forgotten where we are down here and what's going on? That maybe He's just gotten so fed up that He's just ignoring us. Have we allowed our minds to go there between you and God? I want you to know that it's okay to admit to Him that you felt that way. It's okay. Talk to him. Tell him, tell him how you feel. So th- there, will, there will be no stones that will be thrown at you. The sky will not fall on you. One of the best things that you can do with God is be honest. Talk to him. Be honest with him. Don't be afraid to tell him, God, are you, you know, have you forgotten me? I don't, I don't, I'm wondering, Lord. Don't be afraid that he's going to look at you and say, well, my goodness, I've been here all the time. I can't believe you lost faith in me. What's your problem? We have a loving God, a a heavenly Father who loves us so much that he wants us to be honest with him and talk with him. Isn't that what some of you want from your own children? That they, they would just be honest. Yeah, I messed up. I did that. I chose to do this. It was wrong. I messed up. Mom and Daddy, I messed up. Look, honesty. Honesty with God. We need to be honest with Him in how we feel. He can take it. He's not going to be disappointed that you feel that way. You know what? He knows you feel that way. Which always leads me some, or somebody in, somebody in the church to ask, well, then if He already knows, why are we telling Him? Because sometimes when we voice how we feel, 
it becomes real. God, I'm scared. God, I don't know about all this. God, I'm scared to go out. I don't know what's going to happen. God, I'm so thankful I don't live in a major city in our country where all the rioting is taking place. Lord, maybe you have have family who live in, in those cities. You're praying for them. Dear God, be with them. Talk to God. Share with Him how you feel. He loves you even though you may feel like He's not noticing what's happening in your life. He knows, He notices, and He still loves you, and He's still with you. Isaiah looks ahead in time and asks why the people of God would think that justice should occur on their behalf. The justice that should occur on their behalf has escaped God. They're in exile. They don't want to be there. They, 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 justice needs to happen. I mean, look, this, this is not fair. Something needs to happen here. Maybe God's forgot. Maybe, maybe this justice that is due me has escaped the notice of my God, they, they say. God is supposed to fight for His people. Justice should prevail. Where is the justice God's people will want to know? They will want to know that. Where is it? Where is it? Here we are in exile. What, what, God, where's the justice that is due to us? Maybe you're there now. Maybe you're at that point now. It may, it may have nothing to do with what's going on. Maybe someone has wronged you. Maybe someone has offended you. And by the way, I truly believe that is a choice on your part, on my part, to be offended at things. I can choose to be offended at a lot of things. And when I was young, I chose to be offended at a lot of things. And I thought I, I, was, uh, I was told I was tilting at windmills when I was younger. And my father wisely told me, choose your battles wisely. Not, you can't fight everything. You can't make everything right. Decide what's really, really important and put your effort toward that. Don't go out trying to fight and correct the world. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But maybe you're there now. Maybe you feel that you have been wronged and you have been offended and you're upset and an occasion of justice for you has just not happened. And you feel like that's just, well, my goodness, justice for me. Where is that for me, God? Hey, has that escaped your view, your sight? Has that escaped your attention, God? I mean, what? look, somebody offended me. I got upset. Somebody wronged me. They did something to me, God. Hey, nothing's happened to them. You haven't zapped them yet. What's going on? Sometimes we think, well, God just ought to get them, you know? They deserve to, to be gotten. We do, you know, we feel like God just ought to punish them. Listen, God's going to deal with them when the time is right. And that's His timing, not ours. But boy, we like swift. We want it to happen quickly. We want to see it happen too. We don't want to die without seeing it happen. Oh my goodness. And so the, here's God's people. They're in exile and they're thinking, wow, injustice has been done. We want justice. Where is God? It's tough to feel that way, is it not? Again, our feelings cannot be totally trusted. But they are our feelings, and we do have to acknowledge that we have them, and they do affect how we live. But we cannot trust our feeling. You know, I I have watched our nation, people in our nation, people in our world, 
I have watched as they have created doubt in other people's minds. As they have created doubt and say, say, well, you know, I think this is happening because of this and because of this and this and this and because of this and this and this. And I'm thinking, whoa, how do you tie all that together? How in the world? Well, see, this person is related to this person over here. Do they talk to each other? No, but they, they're related. So it's got to be connected. And so this person over here knows this person who knows this person who knows this person. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're, you're, you're hurting my brain trying to connect all of this that you're trying to tell me. And it's like, wow, really? And they, and they just feel like it's all true. Our feelings can deceive us. And we must hunt, and it's harder to find facts these days. Amen? It is. It's hard to find out what the truth is. Where is the truth? But our feelings will deceive us. But they are our feelings, and we do have to acknowledge them. And we do have to acknowledge that they affect how we live. And so maybe you are here this morning, and you're thinking, Wow, you know, we've, I feel like I've lost touch with God since, since March. I mean, it feels like God's not, you know, spoken to me. I feel like He's not listening. He doesn't remember I'm here. That's my first question this morning is, Have you lost a bit of hope in God? Have you lost a little bit of hope in God? Second thing I want us to see, the first part of verse 28 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Isaiah's preaching now. He reminds them first of who God is. Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. Now you and I hear those words, but listen, that's huge. <laughs> We're talking about the God who created the very ground we walk on. We're talking about the God who created man. We're talking about the God who has created all that we see and know. And Isaiah reminds the people here, he says, Wait a minute, you people need to remember who you're talking to. You need to remember who you're talking about. This is God in all of His power and glory and authority. Look, when you and I are reminded of who God is, when we're reminded of His power, when we, were, when we are reminded of His authority, when we're reminded of His abilities, we are reminded that He can do anything. We're reminded that He is capable of doing anything He wants to do. And when the people remember that, they know that He is with them. He is with them and he knows what they are experiencing. I stand before you this morning reminding you of who God is so that you will remember that he is with you and he walks with you and he knows what you're experiencing. He knows how you feel when you go to bed at night. He knows how you feel when you're alone and when you're starting to doubt. He knows he's with you. That is our God. The everlasting God, Isaiah calls him. He has no beginning, no end. He will not change. He is the Lord, the one true God. The word translated for us, Lord, in capital letters, is the word Jehovah. This, is, this word is the, the word the people of God, uh, the Jews, today do not pronounce because if they, do, if they pronounce it incorrectly, they feel they will be judged and they'll get in a lot of trouble with God. You see, there were no vowel markings in the Hebrew language back then. The people spoke Hebrew, they had the language, and they knew how to say the words. But over time, the vowels, the vowel pointings came, you know, were added later. 
and, it, and, and help them to pronounce. But they never were certain about the word for God. And because they weren't certain, they just do not say it. It's His holy name, and so therefore they do not say it because it's so holy. There's that much respect from the children of Israel for God that they will not even attempt it. And if you will look in some literature, some Jewish literature, sometimes you'll see G and a dash, uh, a dash and then D. And it's like, well, why do they do that? Why do they just say God, G-O-D, like we do? Because they're just being careful. They're being careful. That fact that He is the one true God will never change. However you pronounce it. It will never change. He is who He is. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. His power is so great that He created the earth upon which the people move and live. He did this. He did this. No one else. And it's capital C, Creator. He is the Creator. Of whom are we talking about in this passage? It's God. Isaiah reminds the people that God does not grow weary or tired. He does not get worn out after a long day. He does not grow weary from listening to us, believe it or not. How many of you become, and you can raise your hand here. How many of you have a friend, do not name them, do not point them out. How many of you have a friend that you become weary of listening to? I mean, they, you know, it's just a hard time. You're not having a conversation with them because that's not what you do with them. You listen to them. <laughs> that's the friend they are. They let it out, and you are the big ear in the relationship. That's the way it works sometimes. I had a friend of mine who, growing up who was like that. He'd call me on the phone, talk, 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 talk. Guess what he does now? He's a motivational speaker. <laughs> so he's continuing to talk, talk, talk. <laughs> But it's, 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 it's hilarious. But look, God doesn't get tired of listening to us. Think about that. Think about how you feel when your friend just keeps on talking. God doesn't get tired of us talking to him. We don't have to worry that he's going to go, oh my goodness. Can you, hey, 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 Paul, Peter, hey, Matthew, get, get a load of this He's not stopping. He keeps talking. Get a load of this guy. He won't shut up. God's not doing that to you. He's not doing that to me. He loves to hear from us and he longs to hear from us. He will listen until we turn blue. I mean, he will listen. He loves us. He's our heavenly father. He does not faint. He's more than capable of delivering his children out of exile. He's more than capable of delivering us out of this virus and all that we're going through. Listen, today, God, because of who he is, is able to deliver you out of the mess you are in. He is capable. He is able. He is strong enough. He will not go to sleep on you. You're not going to say, hey, God, 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 hey, hey, wake up. He's not going to sleep on you. He will not get tired. He is aware and more than able to take care of you. That is the God we serve. Man, that is the God we have. That's our Heavenly Father. One who loves us so much that He never gets tired of us. Never gets tired of listening to us talk to Him. Never gets tired. That's amazing. Praise God. He knew we needed Him. To be like that. We need Him in our lives. You can count on God to be strong enough to deliver you. You can count on God. 
to be strong enough to deliver you. The last thing, God is not able to be fully understood. Huh, to be fully understood. What in the world? Verse 28, the second part. Does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. The King James puts it this way. There is no searching of his understanding. It means that God's ways are above our ways. He is more intelligent than us. He knows what he's doing. He sees the big picture. He's able to see it all. He's able to know what's happening in our lives. There's no human way to figure out why God does what he does. And isn't that annoying sometimes? Just honest. Being honest before God. Isn't that annoying to not know why God does some things? I find it very troubling and annoying. And sometimes I tell him, Dear God, why? Why did you allow that to happen? Why? Why are there so many people down in Cameron Parish without a home? Why did everything get wiped out in so many places down there? Why did you allow that to happen? I love it when people try to come up with a, with a, with a, with a response. They say, well, uh, there's a lot of, there's bad people down there. Oh, so God just, God punishes the bad and the good at the same time? That didn't seem fair. <laughs> we don't always understand. We don't know why. His ways, His ways are beyond our ways. Again, here I see the same lesson uh, that is trying to be taught to us of leaning on Him. No matter what. We're to trust in His wisdom. We're to trust in His understanding of how things are and why some things need to happen and even happen to us. We need to trust Him and know that He knows what's best. Why do we have to endure all this mistrust in our government? Why do we have to endure the virus? Why do we have to deal with the aftermath of hurricanes? We must place our faith and our trust in the wisdom of God. He knows all. He knows all and we must learn to lean on Him in times of trouble, no matter what. We must learn to lean on Him even when we don't understand what's going on. And that may be the hardest because we really want to know what's going on. We really want to know why this is happening. And we like, we'd like a, a nice little double-spaced half-sheet of paper that explains it all to us. I mean, we would just really like to know it all. But we don't know it all and many times we're never going to know it as long as we're here on this earth. But God knows all. We don't need to spend our time trying to figure out the why of everything. Our responsibility is to put our trust in God and to point others to Him. They need Christ. They need to be forgiven of their sins. They need to have Jesus in their heart. They need to have God guiding and leading their lives. That's what people need. And if we're spending all our time trying to figure out why this happened, why this, we're not doing what we should be doing and sharing the gospel. So trust in the Lord to know what He's doing. Trust Him to know what He's doing. We must learn the lesson of fully leaning on Him. One of Cromwell's officers was given to the sin of anxious care. One day his godly servant, who knew how to live in the today and leave the tomorrow to the care of God, said to his worried master, Master, the Lord ran this world before you came into it, right? The master nodded. You expect him to run this world after you leave it, right? The master nodded. Then how would it do to let him run it while you're in it? <laughs> how would it do just to let him run it while you're in it? 
we have such a tendency to want to take charge sometimes. We have such a tendency in us as human beings to want to figure it all out and to make it work in a certain way. And reality is, God is in charge, not us. God is in charge. This age-old lesson of leaning on Him just continually is, is continually taught in His Word. It's almost, as if you, it's almost as if somebody in the crowd of God's people should have a little sign that says, here we go again, here we go again, We're, we got to learn to lean on the Lord again, here we go, here we go, here comes the lesson again, we didn't learn it the last time, here, here we go again. We've got to learn this lesson, you and I, we've got to learn to trust in the fact that God knows what He's doing. We may not understand it. We are human beings. And I know it's hard for us to take ourselves down several notches and to admit that we are human and we don't know everything. But that's where we will find the love and the grace and the warmth and the comfort and the peace of God Himself. When we pull ourselves down, humble ourselves before the Lord and just be with Him and allow Him to be who He is. Truly the one in charge. I pray as you go through this week that you will let him be in charge. Let him be who he is. Acknowledge who he is. God, you are in charge. You are our heavenly father. You know what's happening. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But you do. And I'm trusting in you, father. I'm trusting that you know. And I'm going with you. I'm holding your hand. I'm allowing you to lead me. I pray that that is your week this week. That you're allowing God to lead you, to guide you through this week. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you have never placed your faith in God. You've never said, you know what, God, I need you in my heart. I've, I'm a sinner. You know, that's the first thing you have to understand that if you have ever done anything wrong, you are a sinner. And, and if you're standing here, if you're sitting here this morning, or if you're within the sound of my voice, you're watching this on, on the internet, if you're thinking, oh, well, I don't, I've never sinned, whoa. <laughs> because there was only one perfect person who ever lived on this earth, and that was Christ. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so maybe you're listening to this. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, if I'm a sinner, I need to be forgiven of my sin. Yes, you do. You need to ask God to forgive you of your sin and to come into your heart and to be in charge of your life. Maybe that's the decision you need to make today. I'd urge you not to put it off. Don't put it off. If you know that the Lord is speaking to your heart and you know that this is something you need to do, do not put it off. Make that decision today to allow God to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart, to be in charge of your life. Would you pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today giving you thanks. Lord, we give you great thanks for being who you are, for being a God who never sleeps, who never slumbers, who is always aware of what we're going through. Dear God, I pray if there's someone today that just needs to say, hey, look, I need this Jesus in my heart. I need to be forgiven of my sins. I need to have God in charge of my life. 
Maybe today you'd like to make that choice. I pray that you would make that decision to follow Christ. God sent Jesus into this world to live a perfect life on this earth. And when he died on that cross, he was a perfect sacrifice. And when he died on that cross, the Bible teaches us that our sins were placed upon him. Jesus took the punishment that you and I deserve because of our sin. And Jesus made it possible for us to be forgiven of those sins. And to be able to be in heaven with God forever. Jesus made that possible for us. So if you will trust in Christ to forgive you of your sins and to be in charge of your life, you will be one of God's children. You will become one of God's children. We call ourselves Christians. Those who walk with Christ, little Christ, those who are trusting in Him and allowing God to guide our lives. If you've made that decision to follow Christ, I'd love to talk to you. I'll be available this week. Just call. Call the church office. Let me know. I'd love to talk to you about what it means to have Christ in your heart. Maybe you're here this morning and your heart is aching for someone who needs to make that decision. Would you pray for them right now? Lord, that you would just touch their hearts. Help them to see the truth of your word. Father, that they would understand that they need you so much, so badly. We all need you, Father. We thank you for being a God who is reliable, a God who is there, a God who is present, never sleeping, always with us. Dear God, we give you thanks for being who you are today. And Lord, as we walk through this week, may we remember that you're just right there with us. You're not far away. You know what we're experiencing. You know, you know those times when we are crying, those times when we are hurting inside. You know those times, Father. You're with us. Remind us of that, Father. In Jesus' name I pray today. Amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement today. Uh, we're glad that you made time for us today, and we hope that you'll make time for us again sometime very soon. Uh, as we bring you these sermons, uh, we hope that they are an encouragement to you. We hope that through these sermons, you will hear God above the voice of the preacher that you will hear God speaking to your heart. That is our prayer as we bring these to you week to week, that you will encounter God himself as his word is being proclaimed. So I do hope and pray that is what is happening with you as you participate with us in words of encouragement. If you'd like to know more information about First Baptist Church, you can always go to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. There you can find the services that you can watch uh, and you can see what is happening uh, during the time of worship at the First Baptist Church. We'd love to have you along with us uh, in that way. If you're ever in uh, Winsboro, Louisiana, we'd love to see you and meet you face to face. But we want to thank you once again for listening to Words of Encouragement. And until next time, remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.